Everyone here today would not see a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, would not see anyone except the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's He that doeth the works. Almighty God, that Jesus would be glorified. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let's go to... 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the first verse. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the first verse. I'll give you a moment to turn. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the first verse. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the first verse. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... Talking to Christians here. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I, this is Paul speaking, the Holy Spirit through Paul speaking, I do not want you to be what? To be what? Ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, ignorant concerning what? Concerning spiritual gifts. I do not want you to be ignorant. Teaching today, this message, titling it, When the Holy Spirit Moves. When the Holy Spirit Moves. And Paul said concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now that word ignorant there means unlearned. Unlearned. You know, we're going to read here in just a few moments about the spiritual gifts. And I've been in this ministry 18 plus years and then several years before that in another man's ministry. And I can honestly say that of, of all the topics in the Bible that, that Christians have been most ignorant on. And what, that word ignorant means unlearned. Unlearned. Uh, confused is the spiritual gifts. Absolutely, without a doubt, unlearnedness, confusion. Uh, and how, how do you deal or combat ignorance? Well, you, you d- combat it with knowledge, don't you? And teaching, okay? Uh, I, I mean, over the many years, it gets to the point sometimes I... I, I even shy away from teaching on this because people just, I'm talking Christians, people that have been born again for years and years, they, they don't understand it, they don't want to understand it, they, and, and, and they look at me when I teach on these things like I'm a nut, I'm crazy or whatever. But you know, I didn't write the Bible, folks. I'm just going to teach you some things today because the Holy Spirit led me to do this and He doesn't want any of us to be what? To be ignorant. Okay, you understand? So let's do our best here to to look at these gifts and uh, see how they operate because I want want the Holy Spirit to move. How about you? I want Him moving and, and we need to understand some things about how He moves. So let's go on with this. 1 Corinthians 12 here, verse 7. Let's skip down to verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit 
is given to the preacher. Did it say that? It's given to each one for, so, so not just the minister, the pastor, whoever, that stands behind the pulpit, but it's for everybody, Christians, available. For what reason? For the, for the what? For the, for the prophet. For the prophet. Now, it's important you understand that. For the prophet of all. And don't, don't think money there on profit. Okay? For the profit of all. For the bettering of all. So we'll be better. Helped is a better word. For the help. Holy Spirit wants to help us. He wants to manifest himself. The manifestation of the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit moves, he moves. He's available to each Christian to move to help us. To help us. Now we get into the gifts. Verse verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To, to another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. It's the same Holy Spirit working all these things. Distributed into each one individually. How? As? As what? As who wills? As he wills. Now, he, so, so if, you, if you counted them up, and we're going to get briefly into each one of these gifts here this morning, there's nine of them. There's nine of them. And we read in verse 1 that, that Paul said he doesn't want us to be ignorant or unlearned concerning these. And when it comes to these nine gifts, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, as I've already alluded to and said, I mean, people, Christians, ignorant, unlearned, to the point that some say that all of these gifts have ceased and they no longer are in operation today. But, but that's not so. They haven't ceased Now, there's going to come a time when they will. If you study your Bible real closely, you'll see that when that which is perfect has come. Well, when is that? When Jesus finally comes and and sets up his kingdom upon the earth, then then there'll be no need for these because he'll be here. But until he comes, uh, we we, we need these, you see. And so, but some will say that all these gifts have ceased, passed away. And then you'll have others get in the ditch on the other side of the road and they'll say that unless these gifts and these, these, these manifestations here are going on all the time, they want them going on all the time in every service. But they don't go on all the time in every service. It, it, they go on how often? As often as he, as he wills. I tell you what, you, you go to a church where these things are going on all the time, I'll guarantee it to you, it's not the Holy Spirit moving, it's a lot of people's flesh may be moving. But on the same line of thought, you don't want to go to a church where these things aren't ever going on ever at all. Is that right? Because then you've got nothing but just a dead old shack. Is that right? The people sitting in it are deader than the building. Is that right? So realize, say, balance. You want balance. I mean, you want, you want the Holy Spirit moving. 
He doesn't move in these ways all the time, but he does still move in these ways. You understand that? Now, uh, how many ways were there? Did we, did we note there were nine of them, right? And we're going to talk about them. I, but, I, but before I get into them, I do want to make clear that, you know, when, uh, that when the Holy Spirit moves, uh, well, one way, one thing that can happen is people, a lot of times, they'll start weeping. Well, Jeremiah, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God come on him, he'd weep. You understand? Sometimes the Spirit of God might come on somebody and they might, like David, go to dancing. Well, praise God for it. If it's in the Spirit, I want it. Amen. Sometimes people, I've seen the power of God come on people, they've gone to running, you know. Elijah, the hand of the Lord came on him, he took off running. And I don't have a problem with any of that stuff as long as the Spirit of God is orchestrating it. But if you get people dancing or shouting and whatnot and the Holy Ghost isn't in it, you don't have anything different than if you were at a baseball game and somebody hit a home run. Is that right? And if you're not watchful with these, with these things and when you, when you move with the Holy Spirit, it's real easy to get over in the flesh and have just a bunch of hilarity. So you don't want to get over in the flesh. You understand what I'm saying? You want to, you want to stay in the Spirit and keep everything in line with the Word of God. Now, now I tell you one thing, my personal experience, I'm going to give you a lot of personal experiences here today, which I usually don't do, but I feel impressed with the Spirit to do. But uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing like when the Holy Ghost manifests himself and, and, you, and, and, and you begin to weep under the power of God. There's just nothing, nothing, nothing compares to that that I've ever experienced in my whole life. When the Spirit of God manifests himself, you start weeping under the power of God. There's just, there's just nothing... There's just, there's just nothing that compares with that. But having said that, he moves in these nine ways that we've read about through Christians, notice through Christians, who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, just briefly, I'm not teaching a message here today on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but you need to realize there is a, an experience subsequent to or after a person is born again where the, whereby they can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not much is said about that anymore, but, but, it, but, it, but it ought to be. We ought to be talking about that in Christendom. How many of you know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he came in to the disciples and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Is that correct? But then he also told them to go tarry or wait in, the, in Jerusalem and that, you know, in, in, they went in that upper room until they're endued with power from on high and be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But I thought they got the Holy Spirit when he breathed on them after he was raised from the dead. See, they were born. There's a difference between being born of the Spirit and baptized with the Spirit. They were born of the Spirit when he breathed on them. Two times in the Bible where you see God breathe. Once when he breathed into Adam and man was born. And the second time when, he breathed, when, when Jesus breathed on the disciples and man was born again. Isn't that wonderful? But... There's a difference between being born of the Spirit and baptized with the Spirit. 
And when, when a person repent, when a sinner repents of their sins and, and receives Jesus into their life, they get born of the Spirit. But then there's an experience subsequent to that where, whereby you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Difference is, is, see, if I took a drink of water, is there a difference between that and jumping and diving in a swimming pool? See, this I have water in me, but when I dive in a pool, I'm submerged in it. Is that right? Same thing's true with, uh, with being born of the Spirit and being baptized with the Spirit. When a, when a sinner repents of their sins and places their faith in the Lord Jesus, they get born of the Spirit. And they're ready for heaven right there. Isn't that wonderful? You can make heaven and never be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Did you get what I just said? But there is an experience. You see it with the disciples where Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and tarry there until they're endued with power from on high. How many of you remember that? And then remember Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He preached Christ unto them. They got born again. And then they sent, then the disciples sent at Jerusalem and the head church found out about it. They sent Peter and John down there that they might be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Do you remember that? How many remembers that? And then, of course, Saul. Remember, he was on the road to Damascus. Jesus appeared to him. A light shone around him. He fell to the ground. He called Jesus Lord. That's how you get saved. Is that right? But then, if you remember the story, uh, Jesus said, "Go into the." told him, go into the city. He'll be told what you must do. He goes into the city. God speaks to Ananias. Ananias' disciple goes over and ministers to Saul, calls him brother. So he's already saved. And then he said, I've been sent over here by God that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. See, on the road, Paul got born again. He got, he got born of the Spirit. But in the city of Damascus there, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you see. Do you understand that? And then we can, we, we can go right on with this. You know, Peter went over to Cornelius' house, over to the Gentiles. Remember that? And he was, remember Cornelius was a good man. The angel appeared to him and said, call for Peter. He'll tell you what you must do. How many of you know your good works won't save you? And so he called for Peter. Peter came over, preached to him. And, and the Bible says that the, that the Holy Ghost fell on him. Well, what, what, what happened there? They got, they got what I call the one-two punch. They got born of the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit, boom, boom, one, one right after the other. You have to be born of the Spirit before you can be baptized with the Spirit, see? And they got born of the Spirit, baptized with the Spirit, and then they got water baptized after that. And then there's a final instance where you can see this all in the book of Acts. You can read it. Read the book of Acts. You'll see all this. And then Paul was, was in Ephesus, you know, and he ran into 12 disciples. See, they were already saved. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Remember that? And, and, and they said, we don't even know whether there be a Holy Ghost. Isn't it good you don't have to know much to be saved? You just need to know about Jesus. Is that right? And, and, and they said, we don't know whether there be a Holy Ghost. And Paul laid his hand on, hands on them. The Holy Ghost came on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues and prophesied. See, the initial evidence of, of, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is speaking with other tongues. But a lot of evidence is put on the tongues. I, I think one thing we need to do is go back and look at the day of Pentecost when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. They became wonderful soul winners, didn't they? I think somebody's baptized in the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I believe in speaking in tongues, but I don't think we ought to put the, evidence, the emphasis on speaking in tongues so much as, as you got a lot of people speaking in tongues, but they never get anybody saved. I think if you're really full of the Holy Ghost, you'll be a soul winner. Can anybody say amen? amen? So these nine gifts are available then to people who are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is perfect. Say amen to that. 
But the vessels he flows through, which would be you and me, are not perfect. Can you say amen to that? So everything that's done, whenever the Holy Spirit flows through a human being, and we're going to look at this here, whenever he flows through a human being in one of these nine gifts, it needs to be judged in line with the Bible. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, throw it out. doesn't mean the Holy Ghost missed it. It means a person missed it. That's a good safety, isn't it? Now, there's nine gifts, or nine ways that the Holy Spirit moves or manifests himself. Three are verbal, they say something, three reveal something, and three do something, or they're the power gifts. So let's just briefly go into these, and I'm going to give you some personal examples of how the Spirit of God's still moving today. First of all, uh, 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 prophecy, prophecy. Now, real loud, say prophecy. prophecy. Now, prophecy... See, if you go back and read through that list, one of the nine gifts was prophecy. And, and, and this says something. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a language known to the speaker and the hearers. It's a supernatural utterance in a language known to the speaker and the hearers. Now, a lot of times folks don't understand prophecy. What in the world is it? Look at 1 Corinthians 14.3. 1 Corinthians 14.3. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 14 and 3. And you'll see what prophecy in this context is, is for. When the Spirit of God is flowing through a, a, a Christian who's been baptized with the Spirit in this gift, notice what happens. 1 Corinthians 14.3 But he who prophesies speaks what? Edification and exhortation and comfort to who? To, to men or to human beings. Do you see that? So this gift of prophecy as seen here in and of itself is not for foretelling the future. It is for what? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Okay? So if someone were to stand up in, in a public assembly and to prophesy in, in, in this gift that the Holy Ghost was going to move through somebody to do this, what how, how, what, what, what should it do? It should bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. Should it foretell the future? No. You okay? Now, we could go on and on, but that's pretty much that in a nutshell. Now, the next one is tongues. Tongues. Oh, you, you get on this, and I tell you what, you get, you get all kinds of... But he doesn't want us to be what? Ignorant. Is that right? Now, tongues is a supernatural utterance in a language unknown to the speaker and the hearers. Whereas prophecy, it's known to the speaker and the hearers. Tongues is unknown to the speaker and the hearers. And I have to put a little note here, unless tongues is being used as a sign. Like on the day of Pentecost. Remember on the day of Pentecost? When the languages were unknown to the speakers, but they were known to the hearers. Remember that? And when tongues is being used as a sign, there need be no interpretation. There was no interpretation on the day of Pentecost. And, the, and Paul is clear on that, that sometimes tongues can be used for a sign. Uh, I'm not going to worry so much about the clock today, okay? We want what the Holy Ghost wants, Okay? Fellow goes into this service, this true story. Uh, he's sitting in the back, and this uh, 
little, little girl stands up and gives a message out in tongues. Probably about 14, 15 year old girl. She'd been born again, filled with the Spirit. Gives a message out in tongues. Nobody interprets. Hmm. Just shortly after that, the pastor, because it happened near the end of the service, the pastor gives the altar call and this man... And this guy, was a, he was a rough dude. He was a, he was a bad guy in town. He was a rough dude. He caused people problems. He was what you'd call a roughneck. He gets up and he comes running down to the altar to get saved. Now remember, the little girl gave the tongues. There's no interpretation. This fellow comes down, gives his heart to the Lord Jesus. Afterwards, the pastor comes up to him and says, Sir, you know, I, I know who you are and you've never, you've never come to church. So you're here today, and I noticed you got saved. What was it that, that, that caused you to get saved? Was it the beautiful music? Was it my sermon? What was it? He said, no, pastor, it had nothing to do with any of that. He said, that little girl that stood up, he said, I know that little girl, and I happen to know that she does not know Choctaw. He said, I was raised on a Choctaw reservation. And she spoke out, she spoke in perfect Choctaw, called my name, told me that this was my last opportunity to get saved. If I didn't come get saved today, I was going to die and go to hell. He came up and got saved. Can anybody say amen? amen? I don't know about you, but that stands the hair up on the back of my neck. See, tongues was used as a sign there. Remember on the day of Pentecost, they heard them speaking. These, these were people in, there in, in Jerusalem. They knew those people were unlearned and didn't know the languages where they were from, you see. And so they heard them speaking the wonderful works of God. Remember that? As a result, what, about 3,000 people got saved. Why do you have the gifts? What's wrong? Why? Could you not hear me? Oh, okay. All right, let's, let's, don't, let's just get back to this now. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen? amen? Now, there is a private side of tongues. Go to 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. Go to 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. There is a private side to it. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Notice, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to who? But to who? So there's a, there, this is what is known as a private prayer language. Anybody that's baptized in the Holy Ghost will get a, 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 when you, will get a what is known as a private prayer language between them and the Lord. Now, we talked about prophecy in tongues. Now let's talk about interpretation of tongues. The interpretation of tongues is not a word-for-word translation. Now you say, why interpretation of tongues? What's the reason for that? Well, in a public assembly, like in a church service, if someone stands up and gives out a message in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation to it so everybody can know what was, was said. See, if these things aren't done rightly and in order, Paul said, let everything be done decently and and in order in the church. If these things aren't done decently and in order, then people come in, they're not saved, they think we're crazy. God doesn't want us to be a bunch of crazies. Can you say amen? Things need to be done decently and and in order. 
You don't have to have hilarity and pandemonium. You know there's some people that think unless you have hilarity and pandemonium, the Holy Ghost isn't moving. There's some people that think if you don't dance and run and shout that the Holy Ghost isn't moving. How many of you know that, that the Holy Ghost, I'd much rather have somebody get healed, we're going to talk about that in a minute, than a bunch of people running and shouting and jumping and going on and nobody get healed. Is that right? Now, is that right? Now, why the interpretation of tongues? Because if there's tongues given in the service, there needs to be interpretation so that people know what was said. Now, interpretation of tongues is not a word-for-word translation, but it's a supernatural giving forth in a language understood by the speaker and the hearers of the essence of what was said in tongues. And this, again, is especially important in a public assembly, like a church service, so that everyone knows what was being said in tongues. If, and the Bible's clear, if there's not someone that's an interpreter present that God uses in interpretation, then, the, then there shouldn't be a message given in the tongues. Now, sometimes people are used, sometimes people give tongues and, and they're used to interpret as well. I know in, in my life, God in ministry, God will have me sometimes give out a message in tongues and then, in, and then interpret it. And my wife and I, we've been used over the years, she'll give out the message in tongues and I'll interpret it, you see. But if there wasn't an interpreter present, the Bible says keep silence with that tongue because it just caused confusion, you see. Are you okay? Now somebody said, well, tongues and interpretation and prophecy, you need to understand what was prophecy for? Edification, exhortation, and... Comfort. Well, you wonder what tongues and interpretation is for. Well, look at 1 Corinthians 14.5 and you'll see. 1 Corinthians 14.5 says, Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he indeed he interprets. So what did, they, what did he just tell us? Tongues plus interpretation is equal to prophecy. And if prophecy brings edification, exhortation, and comfort, what should tongues and interpretation do? Bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. And if you read on there, unless he, indeed he interprets that the church may receive what? Edification. So we could go on forever and just about and talk about these, but I, I've just got so much time. I'm not going to be so glued to the clock here today, but I don't want to take forever either. So let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to the revelation gifts. The word of knowledge, the word of knowledge, the revelation gifts, they reveal something. There's three of them that reveal something. The word of knowledge. It's a supernatural knowledge given by the Holy Spirit revealing something past or present. Revealing something past or present. Now, it's not the gift of knowledge. It's all shucks. I wish God would just give us all knowledge. He doesn't do that. Say amen. We have to study to show ourselves approved unto God a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing word of truth. This has nothing to do with the gift of knowledge. This is a word of, realize, say word of knowledge. It's a word of knowledge. What this is, is a supernatural knowledge about some uh, uh, person, place, or event, something like that, given by the Holy Spirit, revealing something past or present. Uh, a couple of Bible examples and then a couple of personal examples. Jesus saw Nathaniel under the tree before Nathaniel approached him. Is that right? That was a word of knowledge, something that passed or present. Um, all these gifts, these nine gifts are seen in the Old Testament and in Jesus' ministry, except tongues and interpretation. Tongues and interpretation is distinctive to this dispensation uh, uh, in which we live. Now, all nine gifts are seen in the book of Acts. 
Remember Peter, here's another example. You'll find this in the book of Acts. Peter with Ananias and Sapphira. Remember they conspired. They, they sold that piece of land. Remember that? And, and they were, they were, they were going to make a show of money, of giving money, and they let them, they try to make everybody think they were given, given the whole price of the land, but they held back some. Is that right? How many remembers that? And, uh, and they came in, and Ananias comes in first, and Peter questions him. How did Peter know there was something amiss with Ananias? A word of knowledge by the Spirit. And Ananias, what, what happened to him? He fell dead right in the church service. Is that right? And what was it about three hours later? They had some long church services. <laughs> three hours later, his wife Sapphira comes in. She lies to the Holy Ghost too. How did Peter know that? He knew by a word of knowledge. Something passed her, her present. And she, something happened to her too. What happened to her? She... She dropped dead, didn't she? I remember to give you some personal examples. Uh, before I knew my wife, Diane, back at the church that we met at, she was a worship leader. She had just taken over the worship. The former worship leader had, had stepped down for whatever, whatever the cause or the reason. She took over the worship. The pastor had asked her to take over the worship. She, and I didn't know her at this time. Didn't know her. I, I had no clue who she was. I just knew of her, but... And uh, I remember the pastor, which was his custom, this is back when I'm 21, 20, 21 years old, he'd have me up to minister and uh, at times, and, I'd, and, and he, he let me minister. I remember, now remember this, now what, when I share these personal examples, this is not to draw attention to me, it's to show you the Holy Ghost still moving today. Amen. Don't see me, see the Holy Ghost still moving today. Give him the honor and the glory, and he'll tell you to give it to Jesus, Amen. But I remember I was ministering and when, I, when she was sitting up on the platform and, and, and I just stopped. And I remember, I remember what the Spirit of God revealed to me uh, to tell her that she is good enough to lead worship, that, that, that she shouldn't feel inferior, she is good enough. Something to that effect. Remember that? I didn't know that just sometime before sitting her in her apartment with some of her friends, she had said, you know, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. I just don't feel like I, like I can lead worship. Something to that effect. Is that correct? And it was a blessing to you, wasn't it? See, why, why do we have these gifts in manifestation? For the prophet, it profited her, it helped her, it encouraged her, it helped her say, yeah, I can do what God's called me to do. But it was supernatural. I had no idea. I remember the pastor on another occasion had me to come up. I'm still probably early 20s. He had me to come up and said, just minister. He turned me loose on a congregation. You get me at almost 50, how would you like to have me at 20? I don't know. But uh, I remember there was a couple there that day, and they were sitting like on about the second row, and there was another, just over to the left, there was another couple that had a little baby. And the Spirit of God directed me. I just obeyed him. I went over, I picked up the little, I said, can I, can I borrow your child for a moment? They said, sure. So I took the little child, I walked over in front of this couple and I stuck, and I, it wasn't in front of, I stuck this baby right up in front of this man. And I said, that's the will of God for you. That's pretty bold, isn't it? He turned every different color you can imagine. <laughs> took the baby back and went and sat down. Well, the pastor gets with me Actually, he calls me on the phone later that day. He said, brother, he said, wow. He said, he said, <laughs> he said, um, that on the way to church that morning, that, because they met with the pastor after the service, it, it, it shook him up. Said that, that lady, they, they had argued on the way to church, but she wanted to have a child and he just refused. 
They could have children. He just didn't want any. Being obstinate. She was a sweet lady. She wouldn't have a child. He's being obstinate. Don't want to have no children. Well, the Holy Ghost spoke to him, didn't he? Amen. How did I know that? It was by a word of knowledge. I remember one time standing right over here after a service. We administered that day after service. I'm standing right over in this area and there was a lady that was here that day and she had come up and, and, and she said, Pastor, she said, I, I just, the Lord's just not listening to my prayers. The Lord just not, I just know he's not hearing my prayers. I just know he's not listening to my prayers. So I gave her the word of God and I said that, that he hears us when we pray and you know, I went through all that with her and she just wasn't a good lady, a nice lady. And the, and the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and I began to tell her what she'd been praying over the last months. Shook her up. She just about fell on the floor. She called her husband over. Said go out and, and made him go out to the car. Get her prayer log. Came in and we went over in this room over here and I sat with her and her husband and she showed me what she'd been praying for. How did I know that? I told her, I mean, almost verbatim the last months what she'd been praying, the topics, not every last word, but the topics. Why, well, is this to make me look spiritual? No, it's to show you that what was the purpose of that? To help her. I said to help her. And it did. I remember not long ago, my wife, she's leaving the church on a, a certain evening. Normally, she always goes right to get to our house. But this specific evening, she, for some reason, she just felt an urging to go to the left. So she goes to the left, comes in a subdivision this way instead of that way. Notice a bunch of fire trucks over at our, at our daughter's house. Their granddaughter had, 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 had uh, overdosed, if you will. We'll just put it that away. And the process to taking her to the hospital... Diane and I were leaving to go to the hospital and they had her on this helicopter flying her. And I'll never forget coming out the road. We grabbed hands. And we bound the spirit of death. We clocked it back later. We looked at the time. Just when we bound the spirit of death, she, uh, she stopped breathing. But they were able to revive her. Can you say amen? amen. See, God gave her, I believe, a word of knowledge or you know, something you need to go left instead of right. I'm telling you, these things, you're not finding this boring, are you? Save your life. Save your loved one's life. It's for the profit of all. Now, that's a word of knowledge has to do with past or present. Word of wisdom has to do with the future. Can I give you a few more of these? Are you all right? He's still, Holy Ghost still moving today. Word of wisdom has to do with, it's a supernatural revelation given by the Holy Spirit about future events. You see this in the Old Testament where, where, where you know, we, I won't get into all, the Old Testament. Jesus, remember Jesus told his disciples to go to a certain place, they'd find a donkey tied. Remember that? They'll go to a certain place, you find a man with a pitcher of water. That's word of wisdom, has to do with the future. Remember Agabus told Paul what would happen to him at Jerusalem. Remember that? That's a word of wisdom. Paul on the voyage to Rome. Do you remember Paul? He, he told them before they took off on that voyage, he said, I perceive that this voyage will be with much disaster, not only to the ship, but to our lives. How many remembers that? That's a word of wisdom. 
but they went on the journey anyway. Paul was a prisoner. He had no choice in the matter. And as the thing, I want to show you something. See, he had a word of wisdom, something about the future. But here's the thing. If you remember, Paul evidently was praying and he made another statement. He said, he said, men, listen to me. He said, he said, angel of God stood, stood here tonight and told me that, that put my own words, he said that there's no lives will be lost, but the ship's going to be broken up. Well, what do we learn from that? Did you know if God shows you something, sometimes he can show you something to give you time to turn the situation. And, and, and so Paul was evidently able through prayer to turn that situation to the point where no lives would be lost and none were, but the ship is going to be torn up. Well, he was able to turn the situation some. Amen. I'd whole lot rather lose a ship than to lose, lose lives, right? Sometimes you can turn things in prayer, sometimes you can't. I remember, all right, now I, some of this stuff's gonna get pretty interesting. I remember one time right here in this, in this, in this church, after a service, I dismissed the service. I said, before I dismissed anybody that'd like to come up, pray with me for a little bit, we're just gonna have a little time of prayer. So most of the folk left. Sometimes people have places to go. But I'd say there, there are a handful of people that stayed and, and we prayed. And I remember, see, there was a certain minister here in St. Louis that I'd followed very closely from the time I was very uh, young in the things of the Lord, uh, late, late teens, early 20s. Thought a lot of the man. Still think a lot of him to this day. And... Uh, really looked up to him in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm, I'm up here and, and a word of wisdom came concerning his minister. He's not gonna live much longer. Looking at a man that's in his mid-50s. Not gonna live much longer. Not gonna live much longer. And uh, so I, I could see that. I never, because he was a very private individual, you couldn't really get through to him and talk to him. But he administered to me when I was younger concerning the call of God and whatnot in the service, just in the service. Felt the power of God was healed of sickness, as certain sickness, I won't get into all that. But I remember, I just wanted to go thank him because I could see it was just, just on out in the future. He's gonna go. He's, he's, he, he's gonna go. And so I was able to go, went to the service, and that night I just went in minding my own business. And next thing you know, they, his assistant had me up on stage, gave me the microphone. I was able to thank the man publicly for the time he had sought God. And this wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man of God. How I many of you know I'm not a perfect man? I'd like to think a man of God. Why did the Spirit of God show me that? Because I thought so much of this man, he was getting me ready. As it pertains to people, death, it gets you ready a lot of times if you listen to him. You okay with me? You all right? I'm not making you nervous, am I? Let me give you a few more of these. There's a certain minister one time at a certain minister's conference. I went up to him and I, I all but begged him to come and preach at this church. He was very, uh, he, he was very distant to me and wouldn't, wouldn't hardly give me the time of day. A couple of years comes and goes. I'm minding my own business and I had a word, just a word of wisdom came up on the inside of me. Don't let so-and-so preach in your church. And I said to the Lord, I said, don't let him preach. I'd forgot about this guy, but I said, don't let him preach. I begged all but begged him to preach. And he wouldn't come. It's been two years ago. Two and a half, give or take, something like that. 
day or two goes by and I come in, push the answering machine, and guess what? It was this guy's secretary and he wanted to come preach in the church. The Spirit of God told me to not, not let him come. You don't want me turning just anybody loose on you. I don't know why the Lord didn't want that done, but I just, I obeyed God. We were very nice, got back and just, can you say amen? amen? What's the profit in that? God is protecting you maybe from some false doctrine or something squirrely, I don't know. I remember, how many remembers the financial collapse of 2008? How many remembers that? About a year before that happened, give or take, sat right on that platform by the Spirit of God, told the congregation, that that was coming. Why would God have me do that for us to get ready? Spirit of God said that, that we'd suffer some loss. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we'll remember the name of the Lord our God. So you don't trust in chariots and horses, you trust in the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Why was that? To get us ready. And I tell you what, I've suffered some loss from that, some financial loss. Interest rates, CD rates are way down. But you know what? We're still going and all the needs are met. Can you say amen? amen. Why? Because we don't trust in chariots and horses. We don't trust in automobiles and planes and trains. We trust in the name of the Lord. Amen? amen? I remember here, one time standing, the Spirit of God said to me, and I gave it out, said that those that stand at the forefront of the prosperity gospel will diminish. Within just a couple weeks' time, there was an unprecedented Senate probe toward them and made against them. How many of you know I believe in prosperity? But prosperity should not be emphasized as the main thing. I don't believe we ought to be broke, busted, and disgusted, but when, you're, when a preacher's talking more about money than he is Jesus, there's something wrong. And if you check up on them, they've diminished. They've diminished, except, except one of them who shouldn't have been in that probe in the first place. Joyce Meyer should have never been in that probe in the first place. I know that ministry. That ministry is a good ministry. They've been very helpful to us. I know concerning the death of my oldest brother, the Spirit of God showed that to me a good while before he fell ill. Pancreatic cancer. When he was just as healthy as a horse, I could see he's going to die. Why would God show that to me? Get my mother ready for it. Healthy as a horse. I remember my middle brother walking up to me because I'm a minister and there's other things, they're not very close and he comes up to me finally to tell me and he walks up to me and says, I need to tell you something about our oldest brother. I said, I know what you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me he's going to die. And my brother's, middle brother's face changed every different color. Oh, how do you know that? I said, the Spirit of God told me. Now why is that? To make me look good? No, maybe to, get, maybe to jar somebody to get them to see there is a God. Very sobering. The Spirit of God came on me in this church one time, prophesied concerning death, that there'd be deaths. And there was, wasn't there, over the next year. People that hadn't connected, hadn't died in the longest, and then that year there's about eight or ten of them just, just died. Why? Getting people ready. Get people ready. This is very sobering, isn't it? A certain man in this church, are you okay if I go on a little longer? I need to speed this up, but I haven't got even to the interesting stuff yet, but I'll get there. Just, just, just let me go. Just let me go, okay? Is that all right? Just let me go. 
man fell, fell ill with, with bladder cancer. Came to me. This is pastor. We prayed. Now, I can't heal anybody, but we prayed and we got him healed. Amen? Jesus is the healer. Bladder cancer, confirmed by doctors. Process of time, he stopped attending church. Checked up on him from time to time. He didn't want to come back to church. Spirit of God showed me that in the process of time, that cancer would come back on him. And at that time, I wouldn't be able to help him. All I'd be able to do is stand with him, but I wouldn't be able to help him like I did the first time. Process of time, came back on him. I could see he's going to die. Wasn't able to help him. I don't know about you, but if I got healed of something like that, I don't think I'd shy away from God. I think I'd go stronger after the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. And I told my assistant Ryan at the time, I told him exactly what the Spirit of God told me, told my wife too. I said, in the process of time, this will come back on him. When it does, he's going to come for help. We won't be able to help him. All we'll be able to do is stand with him. And we did. Couldn't, couldn't, Couldn't help him. I remember another individual, man and a wife, they'd caused many pastors many harm over the years. Wouldn't submit to pastoral authority. Caused problems in many churches. I saw him one day. As I was at a certain place, I was at a certain place. I saw him one day. Spirit of God, word of wisdom came up. He's going to die. Told my wife, I told Dale and Donna. In the process of time, he got better. I thought I'd missed it. The Spirit of God said to me, if they come to you, it was a man and a woman, husband, wife, if they come to you, you tell them what they need to do and there's a chance, there's, a, there's an opportunity for, them to be, for him to be healed. That leads me to believe God must have dealt with them. You know, there's somebody, that, there's people that would rather die. Now, he went to heaven. There's some people that would rather die than admit they was wrong. Do you hear me? Because they was going to have to repent of the way they've treated pastors and the way they tore up churches over the years. Then repent. He, he died and went to heaven. Too young to die. God had me ready for him if they'd have come. Let's talk about discerning of spirits. The Holy Ghost giving insight into the spirit world. People saw God in the Bible, that's discerning of spirits. People saw angels in the Bible, that's discerning of spirits. Demons and so on. Humans are spirits. Much we could say. How many of you know Elisha's servant saw the angels, is that right? The warring angels, didn't Abraham and Moses? They saw, they saw God, didn't they? At least the back, Moses saw the backside of him. Is that right? Didn't Mary and the shepherds have angelic appearances? Is that right? And we could go on and on. How about Jesus and the woman with that spirit of infirmity? How do you know it was a spirit of infirmity? Discerning of spirits. The Holy Spirit revealing what you're dealing with. Paul and the damsel, had that damsel, remember, followed him around many days. She had a familiar spirit. Finally, he cast it out. You okay? I remember there's one day I came out of my office on a Sunday morning and came up on the platform to preach. Just as I stepped in front of the pulpit, Discerning of spirits went into operation. I knew there was a lady. I didn't know it was a lady. I knew there was somebody there that had a suicidal spirit upon them. 
I gave that out, dealt with it. I remember off to my left, there's a lady, ah! she shrieked, fell down in her chair just like a sack of salt. But that spirit left her. Can you say amen? There's another time right in this church, somebody came to me, one of the helpers came to me before service, said there's a lady here today that uh, she uh, wants, to, wants to kill herself. And so I said, bring her up after the service. So we had a prayer line that day and she came in the line. I knew by the spirit it was the same kind of spirit. You know, the spirit can get on you and cause you to want to kill yourself. Did you know that? Took authority over it, commanded it to leave her. And I remember in the spirit, I saw like a bat fly out that away in the spirit. Never said anything to anybody because I didn't want to stir anybody up. You know, some of this stuff will scare people. But he doesn't want us to be ignorant. Is that right? I'm standing at the door after the service and there's a lady. She still attends here to this day. Not here today, but she attends here to this, to this day. She came up to me at the door. She said, Pastor Terry, she said, I, I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. But when you laid your hands on that lady and dealt with that spirit, she said, I saw what looked like a black bird or a bat go out that way. Well, that'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. But you know the good news? The lady got free. I said, the lady got free. I said, the lady got free. Remember one fellow came in here one day. He said that he had, he had a house. He bought a house or something. Or other, and there was rapping on the walls at night. He said, can you help me? I said, well, if you give me the authority to do so, we'll, 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 we'll deal with it. And so we did. We commanded that. You know, you know the, I, the spirits can. Now, you, know, you understand when a humans die, they either go to heaven or hell. Did you understand that? You know, there are, there are spirits that can haunt houses. You understand that? And it was wrapping on, they had wrapping on the walls at night. Remember that? Took authority over it. He came back, testified, that left. Can you say amen? What are, the, what are these gifts for? They're to help people. The most outstanding one, though, listen to this. The most outstanding one, though, is there was a, a girl here. She was probably in her middle teens, maybe 16, 70, somewhere in there. She had anorexia nervosa. How many knows what anorexia nervosa is? She was skin and bones. Now, I knew that in the natural because they, the parents had come and said that she had this and uh, she's skin and bones. And they'd taken her to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, she needs to eat, but she, when she'd eat, she'd go regurgitate. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And she needs help. So they bring her in the prayer line. There's probably 20 people lined up here and she was down kind of over in this area. So I start, cause I, and as I prayed for her before we got to the service, I can see she's gonna die. That's the word it was. I can see she's gonna die on, on out in the future. Just, just weeks as weeks go, she's gonna die. How many of you know 16, 17 years old is too young to die? Is that right? I can see she's gonna die. And so that's all I knew. I come in the line and so she's down there. So I didn't start down there. I started down here because I didn't know what, I'm, what am I going to do when I get to her. It's most outst- one of the most outstanding things. If this is all I ever get out of this ministry, it's worth it. I started down here and I began to minister and I don't have a clue what I'm going to do when I get in front of her. I don't have a clue. All, and unless the Spirit of God intervenes, all I can do is just pray a general prayer and go on. When I got up in front of her, the discerning of spirits went into operation and the Spirit of God said to me, showed me, showed me through discerning of spirits that we're dealing with a lying spirit. Now, I'm not smart enough to think this up, but if you think about it, people that have anorexia or nervosa, they can be skin and bones and look in the mirror and think they're, think they're what? Is, so that's a lying spirit. 
Now, I'm going to say that, any, that everybody that has anorexia nervosa, I'm not saying that it's a lying spirit with, with all of them. I'm just saying in this one case it was. Unless there's discerning spirits, I, I, I can't. See, I'm helpless without the Holy Ghost. So if somebody's dealing with that, I'm not saying that there's a spirit there. I don't know. But in this case, there was. We took authority over the lying spirit. The lying spirit left. And you know what? That girl began to gain weight from that day. She gained weight and, she, and she's alive and well, doing well away at college today, just doing wonderful. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Glory to God. Now, people can call me crazy all they want, but I'm going to keep flowing with the Holy Ghost. If that's all I ever get out of it. And then let me close with this. Special faith working of miracles, gifts of healings. Special faith, you see there's saving faith, general faith, and there's special faith. This special faith, this gift of the Spirit comes upon, it's like when when that comes on me, I get so bold, I get so bold that I just spit right in the eye of the devil. It's just like, it's almost impossible to doubt. And, uh, and, and when that comes on me, now there's working of miracles. Now, working of miracles is supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, like parting the Red Sea or making the axe head float. Remember that? The meal and the oil being reproduced or Jesus turning the water to wine, calming the storm, walking on the water, feeding the multitudes with a few loaves and fish. Those are miracles. But I want to close here by talking about the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings. Not to be confused with healing as a process available to every believer through general faith, but gifts of healings as listed here in 1 Corinthians is supernaturally quick or instantaneous healing of the physical body. Sometimes it's called a miracle of healing. You see this in the Old Testament, Jesus' ministry, apostles' ministry. But, uh, but I'm just going to close with a few personal examples. Diane's back. We're going to go on our second date already been on our first date, going to go on our second date. She calls me a couple hours before and says that her back is out. I said, what you talking about? This is the second date. What you, what you talking about? I said, I can't go out with you. I said, what are you talking Anyway, long story short, she, now, now you correct me if I fudge this at all, but you're bent over like this. Is that correct? And you can't, she can't lift herself up like this. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. So I said, well, I said, I really want to go on this date with you. I said, I said, now this, I'm 23 years old at the time. I said, can I come over and pray for you? She said, well, surely. So I went over to May Valley Apartments, 485 or 458C, whatever it was. Good memory. Comes to the door, she opens the door, and I, this is what I see, just... What are these for for profit with all? Help people. She's, and so she, she, we sit down and she, we, sit, we, get her, we get her there. She's got her in a chair and she sits down. And I read, all I did was read her some scriptures. A few scriptures about, he said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be healed. And I'm telling you what, just instantly, boom, her back, am I, am I right? Lifted straight up. Glory to God. She was healed, took her out to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Glory to God. He's still in the healing business and I got my date, praise God. And I, and I think I got my first kiss right there too. 
So this is the prophet, isn't it? Praise God. Amen. Pays to flow with the Spirit of God. Up in the school, when we were meeting up in the school, there was a man's ears, couldn't hear. He thought that the he thought they'd turned the volume up on the sound system. Guess what? They didn't turn the volume up his ears. Just while I was preaching. Didn't lay hands on him or nothing. Guess what? His ears popped open. Isn't that wonderful? There's a man up at the school when we met up at the school and the Spirit of God had been dealing with me that sometimes he was going to have me do some unusual things to people and if I'd be obedient to do those unusual things. You know, Jesus spit on... He spit sometimes, didn't he? Didn't he make clay? Didn't Jesus did some unusual things? Is that right? Took a man outside the town one time to get him. Is that right? So the Spirit of God was dealing with me that, that, that at times, say at times, say at times he'd have me do some unusual things. And if I'd be obedient to do... To, 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 Look funny to people, but if I'd be obedient, that, that the gifts of healings go in operation. Up at the school, I get in front of this guy. He's got a stomach, his stomach hurting him. And I pray for him, general prayer, and the spirit of God's real strong on me. Pop him, just give him, I don't mean hit him hard, but just pop him in the tummy. So I moved on. I didn't, and I could see now I'm getting, I'm getting you know, you can get away from what God wants. So I stopped, said, hold it, hold it. I called him, I said, come back up here. I said, is it okay if I pop you in the stomach? He said, pop away. (laughs) In the name of the Lord Jesus, I popped him in the stomach, instantly healed. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Popped the man in the stomach with bladder cancer, Crohn's disease, been healed. Lady one day came, I don't even know what was wrong with her. We prayed for her and she came back uh, uh, that Wednesday night when we had Wednesday services. She came back and just was, she had her x-rays from the doctor, how God had healed her. Isn't that wonderful? I remember there was a young lady who used to be on the worship team. She came up for prayer one Sunday morning. They used to have music practice on Monday nights. She came up on Sunday morning had a big old knot on the back of her neck like a big old golf ball, big old golf ball. And I, and, and I went and I prayed for her generally and the Spirit of God led me, slap that thing and curse it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, I moved right on. Cause <laughs> and you can see her getting away from what God wants. So I back up, I say, is it okay if I slap you in the neck? She said, slap away. So I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and I cursed that thing and I popped it. What happened? Didn't look like anything happened. She came back that Monday night and showed my wife. Thing was totally gone. See, it's an either instantaneously or supernaturally quick healing. Can you say amen? There was one time I was up here, there was a man that had fibromyalgia. He was a, a, a man that was very sharp, sound of mind, but it had gotten to the point, I'm almost done, it, 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 where he, uh, he couldn't find his way home. He'd have to call his wife and, 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 and ask, how, how, how do I get home? And he was that messed up. This disease had him. And I had a prayer line. He didn't come in the prayer line. I couldn't understand it, but sometimes, you know, what are you going to do? So we're going right along praying, and I got right over in here, and the Spirit of God led me go over there and slug him. So I went on and I see getting away from the Lord. So I go back over there, right over here where this man's sitting and I just, the guy was standing, I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus and I just popped and said, be healed. (laughs) 
I had an assistant one time that had his jaw was out of whack, and I just came over and popped him like that, and the Lord healed him. Didn't even know he had his jaw was out of whack. I don't know if yours is, but if there's anything else, just be healed. Amen. But I went over and I smacked this guy, and he came back and testified. Instantly healed. Had a young lady come one time. She had an ulcerated eye. Talking about gifts of healings. The doctors didn't give her a good report, gave her a horrible report. Ulcerated eye. I remember when I looked in it, it looked ugly, it looked horrible. Very, very beautiful girl, but her eye was an ulcerated eye. It just looked horrible. Standing in front of her, we're going to pray a general prayer. The Spirit of God wanted me to blow in it. <laughs> so I, I stopped, came back, and I said, uh, is that all right if I blow in your eye? Yep. <laughs> Name of Jesus, be healed. Blew in her eye. Long story short, doctors said, doctors gave her a horrible report. Long story short, just a short period of time, healed. Isn't that wonderful? Can you say amen? This certain lady came in here, Vivian, some of you remember, came in here one day. She, it took her about 20 minutes to get her from the parking lot into the, into the building here. And then it took her about five minutes to get her from the back row up here to the front. And I had about 20, 25 people up here I'm praying for. When I got in front of her, she, I mean, she's just, is it, bad. We prayed for her, and it looked like nothing happened. And for some reason, the Spirit of God directed me, have her go that way, walk. So she takes off that away of walking. She walks around those chairs. She gets on back. Right when she got back to that sound booth, the power of God hit her, straightens her up. She, she dances a little jig, instantly healed, and start running around the room. Can you say Amen. I can't heal anybody, but Jesus is in the healing business. We had a man here one day. He had his heel was he had his heel was was all messed up and and in and, and bad shape. And, and Jesus healed his heel. He start running around the building. Can you say Amen? How many of you know Jesus will heal heels? Glory to God. Had another guy had a broken foot in here one day. He had broken in a motorcycle accident. Power of God hit him, healed his foot. He run around the building. Can you say Amen? amen. And then the last story. Why am I sharing these? Am I boring you? Spirit of God's still operating. He's still moving. The last one, and then we'll, we'll close. The second most outstanding, the most outstanding one was that girl that was healed of that anorexia. This is the second most outstanding one. Wednesday night service, we come to the end of the service. I'm standing here just like this, ready to close up the service. Power of God comes on me and I dance a little jig and I run around the room, come back up here, dance another little jig and, and I stop, I look out at everybody and they look at me and I look at them. I felt like a fool. Went home, asked my wife. We didn't, you know, because we drive separate cars. Got home, I said, uh, I, said uh, I felt like a fool tonight. How did I look? She never answered me, still hasn't answered me to the day. <laughs> That was, on a, that was on a Wednesday night. The next, the next day on Thursday, a call comes in. There's a lady sitting back over here in this back corner in the back here. Her belly, I, did, I had no idea. Her belly had blown up. It was like a basketball. She hadn't been able to eat for several days. She testified to my assistant. Said when I ran past her. Now, I can't heal anybody. To God be the glory. Said when I ran past her, it was like heat jumped off on her. Her belly deflated. She was able to go out and eat that night. Isn't Jesus wonderful? So we close with this, with this scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. In all of this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pursue love. 
and I want you to desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love. I have found that people that go after these spiritual gifts turn out being squirrely. Let me finish. Go after love. Pursue the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Make that the motive. Make that the first thing. The fruit of the Spirit. But along with that desire, realize, say desire. Desire. Say it again, desire. Desire spiritual gifts. And if we'll, have a, if we'll be a church that walks in love and pursues the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit, is what I'm trying to say, go after love, pursue the fruit of the Spirit, we'll stay very balanced, very sound, very, very sane, and desire these nine gifts, desire the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will continue to move. You okay? Well, stand with me if you would. I know this was long today. This is about 30 minutes longer than I like to take. But, I, but this is what the Spirit of God, for whatever reason, I, I don't even know why he wanted me to do this today. But I believe I obeyed him. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Praise God forevermore. If you're here today and you